If you take six penalties in a game, eventually you're going to get burned. We recap a self-inflicted loss by the Minnesota Wild against the Calgary Flames today on Locked on Wild. Your Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, Locked on Wild is available on your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we recap a 5-3 to three loss to the Calgary Flames in which the Wilds got pretty much what they deserved with a lot of self-inflicted mistakes few bad penalties, and just a real taking of the foot off the gas after a 2-0 lead. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Who's frustrated? I am, for sure, after that type of game. The Wilds looked good to start it and uh, looked like they had enjoyed a little bit of time off with some fresh legs. They got the uh, Kirill Kaprizov goal to start things, which extended both his goal-scoring streak and his point streak. Uh, And then you get a goal from Mason Shaw to make it 2-0. And, yeah, there were a couple of penalties in the first period, but it looks like one of those things where it's like, okay, we just got to tighten it up, and uh, the Wild should be able to hang on and add to their lead and come away with a win against a, uh, a Calgary team in their building. A Calgary team that has been very up and down so far this year, to say the least. So it all looked like that was going to be the case, much like the Dallas game, right? And yet, a power play goal by the Flames 16 seconds into the second period leads to just flipping the light switch off. And the Flames score two more times to make it 3-2. The Wilds get the game-tying goal by John Merrill. The Flames score 12 seconds later. The Wilds go into empty net mode with the assumption that they're going to get the equalizer and are going to be able to send it maybe to overtime for some heroics there or the shootout. But no. Empty netter for the Flames makes it 5-3. And this has happened a handful of times this season. Is this team just... It's it's like two areas for this team. Either A, they make things way harder than they need to be um, in multiple spots this year. Make things way harder than they need to be Uh, throughout the course of a game. It just is a laundry list of self-inflicted mistakes. We'll run through the penalties here in a second because, you know, not all of them, I think, were warranted, but a lot of them are pretty easy to call on this team. And so you either are just making things way too hard to win games or you are just... Not over to, not able to overcome 
even the smallest level of adversity in the course of a game in which I hate to break it to you, but not everything is going to go according to plan in the world of sports. It happens in every sport. There are going to be instances in which the other team is going to do things better than you, and you have to be able to withstand that and keep going about your business to try to win games. A power play goal, 16 seconds into the second period, and after that, it was night and day different to what we saw at the beginning of the game. You saw a wild team in the first period that was doing, I thought, a really good job of kind of narrow focusing what was going on during the game. The passes were crisp. They were to the next player in line. The Wild were able to get into the offensive zone relatively untouched. And then adversity hits, and it just goes back to what we see every time this happens where all of a sudden then every pass is trying to go from right around the wild net all the way through the neutral zone up to the top of the zone because you're trying to get out of adversity mode as quickly as you possibly can. And that then leads to the turnovers. That leads to the inability to sustain pressure in the offensive zone because every time you try for one of those passes, they get deflected, or they end up just sailing past everybody, and it leads to an icing. Why does this keep happening to this team? We have said it time and time again that this team is not built like last year's team was. You can't skate past all of your problems. You don't have the offensive firepower to be able to do that. And yet they do it time and time again. We, we saw it against the Anaheim Ducks less than a week ago. Made it infinitely too hard. A game that they should have been able to handle no problem. Made it infinitely too hard there. Dallas game, 5-1. to one. You scored the first goal in the third period. But then when it gets to be 5-2 Dallas... Everything falls apart. It is just such a fine line that this team walks at times this season to where unless everything is going perfectly well, it's chaos. And I said it in the postgame. This is an opportunity for this team right now with the Colorado Avalanche missing two of their best players with the St. Louis Blues in another tailspin. We don't know how long the Winnipeg Jets run to start the season is going to last. And the Nashville Predators just lost Ryan McDonough for a very long time, if not most of the rest of the season. This is an opportunity to put a little distance between yourself and the other teams in the Central Division so that you don't get stuck in the mud once we get to the stretch run of the season. And yet, here we are, making things way too difficult and not being able to overcome adversity. 
And so you look at what happened over the course of this game against the Flames, and I can't say that the Flames played better. I can't say that the Flames were the better team and the one that deserved to win this game more than the Minnesota Wild did because everything the Wild did was self-inflicted. Bad penalties and just getting caught in between right in front of the net on a few of the other goals. All self-inflicted, all mental lapses in judgment. So, yeah, this one sits with me a little more in annoying fashion than some of the other losses have so far this season because it's right there in front of you. A two-goal lead, all you have to do is maintain that. All you have to do is maintain that start. And yet, 13-10-2 on the season. I want to go through some of the plays that led to the goals tonight, the penalties in particular, because I did see it raised on Twitter. I do agree with many Wild fans that one of the penalties in particular was not a penalty, so we'll talk about that. We'll take a look at just some of the things that led to Calgary getting back into this game as we scratch our heads following a 5-3 to three loss to the Calgary Flames. We'll talk about all that and more as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and more at BetOnline where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, Locked on Sports Today can get you filled in on everything going on in the wide world of sports, all in one place. Make sure you follow Locked on Sports Today and your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. Six penalties for the Minnesota Wild in this one today. Let's run through them, shall we? So, John Merrill took the first penalty of the first period. And it was in an attempt to delay uh, one of the members of the Flames getting into the neutral zone, passing him by, and uh, going towards the wild defensive zone with the puck. Ended up being called for the interference penalty. And he got caught leaning. Got caught leaning with the upper body. Um, that That's a penalty every time. And it is just kind of 
indicative of what has happened to this team a lot is you get caught flat-footed and you get caught kind of at a standstill. And so in order to prevent somebody in full, uh, in full stride, full speed, try to prevent somebody from getting behind you as opposed to maybe being ready for uh, that type of thing to happen, then, yeah, you're going to throw, throw part of your body to try to slow them down. Uh, that penalty did not end up costing the Wilds in this game. But you look at then Matt Zuccarello getting a two-minute tripping penalty uh, for tripping Jonathan Huberdo. And this one, Huberto got by Zuccarello, and so he tried to he, – he got beat, and so he reached with the stick. Again, that is a self-inflicted penalty uh, on the Minnesota Wild. The Jordan Greenway penalty for goalie interference on Vladar, I do not agree with in the slightest – in looking at the replay, Vladar, he sticks his knee out to draw contact on Greenway. It's it's like it's almost like when a receiver is covering a defensive back and the receiver puts an arm on the defensive back to draw a return in contact from the defensive back, knowing that 99% of the time it's going to be called pass interference. It's not a penalty. It should not be a penalty on Greenway because he did not, he was not the one that initiated the contact. You can see the arm, you can see the, I think it was the knee of Ladar stick out to catch Greenway as he goes by, and he goes down immediately should not be a penalty on Greenway. So that one I do take exception to. But I think the one that I had, and I'm not doing this strictly to, um, I'm not doing this because it fits a narrative that has kind of been growing um, over the, the, so far this season. The Matt Dumba delay of game penalty, where he has the puck, behind the net and is trying to work it along the boards to get it out to the top of the zone and it ends up that his pass goes too high and it goes out of play. That is the one that I have the most issue with because as opposed to trying to do something like that that's risky that you know if it doesn't do if it's not deflected, it's a delay of game. Instead of trying to do something that is a little more intermediate, so many players on this team, when things go wrong, go from let's try to move the puck up the ice to somebody 10 feet in front. Let's try a little bit more of an intermediate pass or an intermediate play. When, some, when things start to go wrong, so many people on this team go to, we have to do, we have to hit the home run. We have to throw the Hail Mary. We have to do something that gets us back into this game in one pass of the puck. And so of all the penalties that happened in this game, 
that's the one that irks me the most is because it's so unnecessary. Find someone in front, find someone along the boards, pass the puck, that next, that A to B, instead of trying to go A to X in one play. That and that's it's such a it's such a repeated error in these games for this team, and so you see this kind of thing happen for the umpteenth time. It's no different than taking a too many men penalty, which is something this team has done probably near ten times already this season. It's so easily avoidable, and yet those are the things that end up costing this team and um, end up resulting in them losing these games. Now, the Greenway penalty was the one that Kadri scored on to... So that technically... that So that one did cost them a goal, but I still will say I don't think it should have been a penalty. But then Dumba's delay of game, that resulted in another goal. And so these are costing the team games. It's not costing these guys playing time, but these plays are costing the team games. And then the the Mason Shaw penalty, look, I, I love what Mason Shaw has done for this team so far this season, but it's the same as the Zuccarello penalty. It's a player getting beat, and so they try to compensate with their stick, and it ends up being a pretty easy call. For the officials to make. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of failing to do your job and then trying to overcompensate which leads to errors and mistakes. And so it's pretty simple. Just don't do these things. And a lot of these games won't end up going this way and yet Again, we get funneled into this spot where this sort of thing happens way more often than it should. There was another um, it's another spot that I think kind of stood out in this one against the Flames. The Matt Boldy, Freddie Goudreau, and Nick Patan line I think is in need of a bit of an upgrade. And so... We'll finish the show by talking about that as we continue to recap a 5-3 to three loss to the Calgary Flames on today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, once again, make sure to check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the wide world of sports all in one place and available on your favorite podcast platforms. Collectively, the Patan, Goudreau, Boldy line were all in negative territory in this one. Goudreau was a minus two. Patan was a minus one. And Boldy was a minus one as well. And Boldy had four shots in the night. But you've got a guy out there, Nick Patan, no shots, and I don't necessarily think Patan has played poorly since he has come up from Iowa, but 
he is not, I think, what led to Boldy having so much success last year. And look, you're not going to replicate what Kevin Fiala brings, no matter how hard you try. But I think you can try to add a similar element, which will lead to some success. But as of right now, Matt Boldy doesn't have anybody really helping him aside from some of the chemistry that him and Freddie Goudreau have uh, have started to rekindle. If you put another wing on that line that has more of an offensive skill set, that's going to help further that even more. We have been vocal about the desire to see any number of players get an opportunity on that line if there's not going to be a trade acquisition for this team, at least right now, that we know of. There are a few players that could slot into that spot and I think have success in that role Uh, because you look at what Kevin Fiala brought to the table. He brought speed. He brought dynamic scoring ability. And so you may not be getting dynamic scoring ability, but if you bring some speed to that line, that's going to help take some pressure off Matt Boldy. That's going to help draw some attention away from him because right now you've got Freddie Goudreau, who's more of a defensive center, and so you don't have to throw extra attention his way. Nick Patan is a, a bottom six grinder. You don't have to throw extra attention his way. And so you have two guys responsible for kind of keeping with those two. You can throw both defensemen and the remaining forward all at Matt Boldy, no matter what else is going on around the ice. Because those other two guys, they don't beat you. Matt Boldy is a guy that can. They, if they put somebody with an offensive skill set on that line, all of a sudden, okay, now we can't zero in completely on Matt Boldy. We have to draw some attention away because if there's somebody else that shows the ability to do something with the puck, then Boldy has opportunities to get those guys one-on-one by some of the passes that he is able to make himself. So... You have to you have to do something to alleviate that. And I don't know where Brandon Duhame is at. It sounds like he's still a little bit away from returning. Ryan Hartman even more so. And so at this point for the road trip, you're probably pretty set with uh, with what you have. I I think when they I think when the Wild come back home I think you have to make a move roster wise or trade I think you have to make a move to get somebody with a little more to offer offensively than what uh, what Patan brings we've seen the grief line get through the last few games relatively unscathed now Jordan Greenway did leave uh, the game periodically but he came back in. So whatever it was was minor enough to not warrant him having to get pulled from the rest of the game. So 
I think we've gotten in enough to where we don't necessarily need somebody to replicate what Greenway brings to the table. Now you can go get an offensive forward to put on that line until Duhame or Hartman are ready to return. That has to be the play because this whole one line can score thing with the fourth line chipping in here and there, that's not a formula for success. And the other thing, with Jordan, with uh, Jonas Brodeen nearing his uh, return to the ice, one of the combination of Matt Dumba, Alex Goligoski, and John Merrill has played their way into a seat on the bench. And it was Merrill that kind of got picked on in this one, um, had the goal with him having his back turned to the net with a flame skater. I think it was to Foley at that point that um, ended up having the go-ahead goal um, and just skated past. Actually, it was Rasmus Anderson. I beg your pardon. Um, Anderson, right in front of the net, just put Merrill in the blender and was able to tip one up over Flurry. Defender right in front of the net. Your focus should be on the puck. And so, those one of those three guys, and I can already tell you based off of the once again minutes for the Wilds defenseman. Although actually, Spurgeon got the most amongst Wild defensemen tonight. Um, Middleton had slightly less than Goligoski. So it was good to see that Middleton-Spurgeon pairing relied upon a little more because Jared Spurgeon, again, had a fantastic play to keep a puck out on one of the many penalty kills for the Wild. And so his play started to pick up uh, considerably after a slow start to the year. So nice to see that D pairing near the top of the line in terms of minutes. But based off of those minutes... I can tell you who's going to be the one that sits. It's not going to be Goligoski who played 21 minutes. It's not going to be Dumba who played 19 and a half. It'll be John Merrill when Jonas Brodeen's ready to return. He did have a goal and an assist in this one, but 13 minutes of ice time. Or if it's a continue, if it's going off of a pretty common theme that we've seen and we tried to talk about it a little bit, it'll probably be Kalen Addison. Because, you know, he's a young player. And so you get a veteran into the lineup, you lean on those veterans, which I don't agree with. So we'll see. But sounds like Brodine is getting close, and so that'll mean somebody will come out of the starting lineup. It's, it's frustrating talking about these games, especially when they are lost in this fashion. And so the recap was a little more pointed than we typically go, but I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of hearing we didn't deserve to win because of how we played. At some point, you just have to eliminate that as a possibility from your arsenal. Try to get it more towards the, we were definitely the better team. And so we feel good about what we did and also, we ended up winning the game. Let's try to get it more towards that as opposed to, well, we didn't play like a team that deserved to win. 
that that has happened far too much so far this season. So we'll see what happens with the day off, chance to regroup and refresh, although that just happened as well. But a day to get this one out of the system and gear up for an Edmonton team that put a whooping on the Arizona Coyotes coming up on Friday. That will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the full recap of everything in the wide world of sports in one place. Locked on Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms. Just like Locked on Wild, make sure you follow us on YouTube. Keep an eye out for our new short form videos that we are bringing you every day, as well as full episodes on YouTube. Make sure you follow and turn notifications on. Follow us on our social media platforms, as well as on your favorite podcast platforms. We are on TikTok now. So make sure you follow us everywhere you can so you don't miss out on any Minnesota Wild news throughout the course of the week. We're bringing you new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.